Isn't God good? All right, we're going to change directions right here for a few minutes. You ready for the word? Amen. Open your Bibles. My sermon today is called Put Down Your Rocks or Put Your Rocks Down. Go to John 8. And uh, don't think you know what I'm going to preach because you really don't know what I'm going to preach. You know, sometimes when you read a certain scripture, people go, I think I know what he's going to say. No, you don't know what I'm going to say. John 8, chapter 1. And I will begin reading when y'all are ready. Now, I got to tell y'all, y'all got to jump and holler a little bit. My, the first service, they, they were just as quiet. I actually thought everybody was asleep in the building. I just, it was terrible. It was hard for me to handle it. It just hurt my feelings. John 8. One, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple and all the people came and sat down and taught and he taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. We're not talking about adultery today, so don't worry. And when he had set, they set her in the midst. He said, they said, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act by herself. Where's the guy? Come on, I mean, it's like, hey, guy, get out of here, woman, come on. I mean, it's like, excuse me? I'm not sure that she was by herself. And it probably was one of their buddies. Okay, so anyway, it's just kind of my idea. Now, Moses and the law commanded us that such a one be stoned. What do you say? And they said this, testing him, that they might have something to wish to accuse him. Jesus stooped down, wrote in the ground with his fingers, though he did not hear. I wonder what he's writing I think he's writing their names and their girlfriends. I don't know what he's writing, but it got their attention. And when they continued asking him, he raised himself and he said, well, you that's without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. He said, you know, if it's the law, go ahead. And again, he stooped down and wrote some more of their names on the ground. I read that up. And when those heard it, see, and convicted in their conscience, they went one by one, beginning with the oldest, and went to the last. Now, why do the older people always leave first? Because we've lived long enough to know when we screwed up. Older people are smarter than you young people think we are. You say, whatever you're trying, we did, we tried it, listen to us. All right. That, that, that's not my sermon either. Okay. When Jesus raised himself up, he saw no one but the woman was there. Oh, I didn't finish that. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman. Woman, where are your accusers? There's no one, can, there's there no one to condemn you? She said, no one, Lord, Lord, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I. It's okay, don't worry about it. What did he say to her? All right, now let's talk about this for a minute. She's got people around her wanting to kill her. Because she's done something wrong, right? Did she really deserve the stoning? Yes. That's, see, the point is, Jesus never said what she did was okay. What he said was, we've got a bunch of people or you've got a bunch of enemies around you and you think that's the problem. We're not going to talk about adultery today. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the battlefield of your mind. We're going to talk about what goes on. So I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever 
gotten into an argument with another person and they weren't even in the room. I would say that's pretty unanimous. I mean, every one of us in this room, when riding down the road, they think you're on the phone and you're talking to somebody and you're giving them up the country and they're not even in the car. You said this and I said this and I'm gonna tell you, and you're the only one there. You know, there's a saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Wrong. We may not be fighting with rocks, but we fight with words. We fight. And, and, and the problem is, is that I'm going to tell you where my sermon came from. Listen to me where my sermon came from. People come to me as a pastor all the time, and they say this to me. Pastor, I know I'm not where I need to be with God, but my marriage but, and, and see, everything they say to me centers around the people around them that are throwing rocks and causing them trouble. And I can't do anything about it. And the truth is, what they're saying is true. Those people really are there. There's really bad people around them. But here's the skinny. Until you fix... The war inside you. There's no reason for you to worry about what everybody is doing or not doing around you. In other words, Jesus is dealing with these guys that came wanting to kill her. And when he finished with her, he turned to her and said, you know something, sweetheart? I love you. Stop it. Now, think about this. People, young, young, especially young people come. Well, well, I just got a divorce. I go, well, that's sad. Yeah, my wife, well, she's, she's hard to get along with. I said, well, you know, she, you're probably right. Well, she's, I, I met her. She's a handful. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, not good. Are you in church? No. Read your Bible? No. But I'm, I, I want a better life. Well, you're not going to have one. You want to find another woman? Like, you, you know, you're going to find another one just like the last one. Have you ever thought about maybe you need to put your rocks down and quit worrying about what everyone else around you is doing and work on the battle that's going on on the inside of you? I didn't, I didn't say that what they're doing is right. I just said you need to focus on the real issue because until there's peace in you, there's not ever going to be peace around you. No matter what's going on, the num- your highest priority in life is to have peace of mind in the inside of you no matter what is happening around you. Now that's, that, listen to me, that's a powerful statement I just made. Because listen, there have been times when Lisa's been wrong. I know y'all think she's an angel, but every once in a while, just every once in a while, she'll do something not right. One of the things that I have noticed about people that are married, now hold on and listen to me very carefully. It's very hard for me to tell Lisa to grow up while I'm a baby. Hey, woman, straighten up. 
Hello? All right. I know some of y'all are thinking, oh my God. I thought he was going to preach a good sermon to us. I am. I am. I, I want you to go to Matthew 7 with me. Say, I think, I think he's going to help us today. Matthew 7, 1. Judge not that you're not judged. For with the judgment you judge with, that means if you're hollering at people for lying, you need to make sure you're not. For with the measure you use is measured back to you. Why are you looking at the speck in your brother's eye and not consider the plank in your own? How can you say, let me get that speck out of your own eye when you got a log in yours? You hypocrite, remove the plank from your own eye. Then you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Here's something that I finally learned. It's not wrong for me to correct you. But it's wrong for me to correct you thinking, listen, 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 thinking that my correcting you is going to give me peace. You see, I want a better life, so I'm going to straighten you out. That's what's going on in the streets of America. That's what's going on in the Middle East. That's going on everywhere on the name. If we don't like you, we'll just kill you. But they're not fixing the real problem which is in them. There's a war in people and they're trying to fix everyone else and they've never gotten the war in them straight. Now once you get the war in you straight, then it's okay for you to go, okay, you know, I was a numb nut for a while and and God helped me. I can actually help you now. And what you're going to do now is you'll reach over there and say, I'm going to help Josh, but you're not going to be condemning because you remember what it was like when you were there and you deal with people with compassion. I'm not saying you shouldn't talk to your wife. I'm not saying you shouldn't talk to your husband. I'm not saying you shouldn't talk to your kids. I'm saying don't drop your kids off for Sunday school and you drive away because they need church and you do not. That's called a hypocrite. That's a hypocrite. You know what everyone else needs and you won't do it yourself. Well, that's good preaching, isn't it? In other words, when you get on an airplane and they say, if the oxygen goes down, put your mask on first. Joyce Myers wrote a book called, As Where the Mind Goes, the Man Follows. Your future is in your soul, not everyone else's. Wow. This is good. I, I've already preached myself happy. A cope had me real happy, but I'm happier now. I'm just, amen. Great peace have they whose minds are stayed on thee. All right, go with me to Romans chapter eight. I'm gonna show you something. How how do you, now listen to me, I'm not saying that what's happening around you is okay. It may not be. But you've got to, you've got to hand, you've got to have an answer for this. You've got to be, when, when all, when it's, when it's happening around you, you've got to be able to deal with this stuff. So I'm going to show you, what does the Bible say? Look at this. What then can we say to these things? That means there's things coming against you. And the Bible says you need to say something to the things. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
just keep saying amen and help them and encourage them to come along and amen a little bit. When the battle's raging and, and you are fighting a war and there ain't nobody there, you've got to say something to the things that are attacking your soul. You got, you got, you got to calm down. You got to get a handle on yourself. You got to have some peace inside you. So the Bible says you need to say something to those things. What is it you need to say? I'm going to say something. If God is on my side, who do you think you are? That, listen, that's powerful. Because you and God are a majority. If God kisses you, you kissed. God kissed Jesus and he came out of hell. Jesus kissed Lazarus and he came out of the grave. All you need in life is God on your side. It doesn't matter if everybody else is on your side. That don't matter. Boy, y'all are getting this, aren't you? What am I going to say? See, the issue is I want everybody to straighten up so I'll have a better life. Now, I I don't know how many of y'all actually had an argument with someone last week. Don't raise your hand. Just say, oh, my God. All right. What were you doing? You're trying to change them so you'll have a better life. I'm not saying that they don't need to be changed. They, they, God knows they probably need to be changed. I'm in agreement with you. God changed them. And, but I'm going to tell you, he will change them. I'm going to say he will change them. But in the meantime, you need to understand that people cannot put you where you, people are not your your problem, nor people your answer. People are not your answer. And people are not your problem. So you can pretty much leave them alone. If God is for me, who on this planet could ever take me down? Nobody. You think about Jesus in hell. How many demons were on him? All of them. You only got one little one. And probably in your spouse. If you don't have a marriage, if you're not married yet, we'll just wait. Come to my office after you get married and we'll talk. Amen. (laughs) Come on, all of us have done this. We have, every one of us have fallen into this trap. God knows I have. Sit around and got mad and angry, upset, bent out of shape at things happening to me. And I'm going to straighten them out and put them in their place. Well, I take them off. They leave and another numb nut comes and takes their place. When I was in high, when I was in junior high, I had a girlfriend. And she was kind of flirtatious. And I kept threatening her boyfriends until I realized it was her. You know, you can't beat up everybody. Leave the girl and find someone nice. It's just. 
Aren't we funny? Aren't we funny? We're going to straighten the world out. Hitler tried it. Satan's trying it now. I mean, it's so stupid. You have to think, poor devil. He, you have to give him. He at least has a, he's at least committed to what he believes. How would you like to be in a battle and knowing you're going to lose? I am not, it's not going to turn out right. But he's fighting anyway. And it ain't working. If it ain't working for him, why do you think it's going to work for you? Let's turn around. Let's finish this. What am I going to say? If God is for me, he didn't spare his own son. How will he not freely give me all things? Doesn't that calm you down? That caused you to go, whoa, hold on a minute. I am not going to get torqued out of shape over this. Go to Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to show you something. Now, now again, I got to say this over and over and over. I didn't say what they're doing is okay. It might be terrible. (laughs) You know something that people who are mad at you hate is for you not to get mad with them. I I was driving my truck one day and going to Home Depot. And I pulled in front of a guy, maybe too close. I was in the right lane. He was in the left. And I got to move over in front of him and then get in the other lane. Well, I had just upset him terribly. And so I pull into Home Depot and he slam comes up in his Chevy Silverado and he gets out. Who do you think you are? Do I know you? You pulled in front of me. I said, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're sorry. Well, that didn't help him. <laughs> well, he starts cussing me for all I'm worth. The problem with me that day is that I had spent a lot of time praying in the Holy Ghost. And I was full of God. I was full of love. I mean, I just, you know, I just wasn't going to get all mad at nothing. Now, I'm glad he didn't catch me the day before. But today was going to be good. <laughs> so then he, he, he starts telling me that you pulled in front of me you're an idiot and I said I probably am I apologize my God I shouldn't have done that I should have just stopped in the middle of the road wait all you go by and I you know I said I'm sorry and he says you drive a blue truck that's a girl's truck and you know Lisa did buy it for me and I said yes it it is a girl's truck but my wife bought it and gave it to me and you're right I, I'm drive a girl's truck and then he said something. I don't know where he got The devil. The devil. He, he said, you're probably a holy roller. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Satan, you have, you have exposed yourself. <laughs> and I looked at him with all the kindness I could. I said, you're right. I'm a jerk. I drive a girl's truck. And I do speak in tongues. I said, but if you have no more beef with me, I got to go shopping. <laughs> And, he did, and I was so proud of myself because he tried so hard to get me to get mad at him and get in a fight with him. And all I want to do is go get some putty from the wall. I, just, I don't want to get in a fight with somebody. Over. I just want to go mind my, my, my own business. And I walked away and I went, Daryl, you did good. My God, you've grown. That 10 years ago, you'd have whooped him or got whooped right there in the parking lot. If you ever notice people want to drag you in their mess and when you don't go down with them, they just really lose it. We're going to take you and stone you. Well, maybe so, but at least I'll go to heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are y'all in Philippians? 
I don't know, I'm preaching better than that, y'all, but at least y'all woke up a little bit. You're better in the first service, let me tell you that. <laughs> Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord every once in a while, and again, I say, if you feel like it, rejoice. You know you don't always feel like it, and you can't always do it, but every once in a while, oh my God, hallelujah. All right. <laughs> That's the reverse translation. They use that on, on radio. I don't know where they get some of the stuff they preach on radio because it ain't in the Bible anywhere. But anyway, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for what? Nothing. 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 What is nothing? Nothing. nothing. Right. Now, you, me straightening you out doesn't change my anxiety. Now, this, I didn't, it took me years to learn this, and I'm telling you for free. When I left Rhema, when I left Bible school, I knew I had a call of God on my life. And I even told Lisa, are you marrying a preacher? And for years, I couldn't buy a place to preach. I, 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 tr I got a 501c3. I got Air, Wings of Freedom Ministry, a pilot's license, Kenneth Copeland Bible, Kenneth Copeland suit, Kenneth Copeland everything. And I've got three places to preach one year, and one of them took me up an offering of about 18 bucks. Wow. Wow. Y'all guys, I tried everything to go into the ministry. And I'm cold. I am one miserable man. The people at work said to me one day, Morgan, we wish you'd get right with God. You make us miserable hanging around you. <laughs> a backslidden Christian is worse than a sinner. Amen. They really are, really are. And so one day I got the bright idea. I was reading uh, 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares on the Lord. And I went to God and I laid my Bible out and I said, you know what? Well, you and I got to have a talk. You said to go to Ramah. I did. You said move here. I did. You know, if I ever make it in ministry, it's going to be you. And starting today, I'm not going to touch this in thought life. I ain't doing anything about it. I'm getting up and going to work, and I'm just going to be happy, and I'm just going to count it all joy. Did you know within a month... I was working for Air Mobile Ministries, preaching the gospel of the Bahamas. You know, God was waiting on me to quit being anxious so he could finally do something. Now, while I was working there, I never told him I could preach. I decided to quit lifting myself up. You see, a lot of times we're in arguments because we're trying to make something happen. You, you're not God. That was earth shaking. There's a God and you're not him. So I went to, you know what they gave me to do? Run a projector. I got a call to preach. And I'm running a projector. But I'm happy because I really don't care. When it says cast all your cares, that means I don't care. I'm doing this little job and I don't care. World's going to hell and I don't care. You understand, know, I do care, but I can't make that happen. So, so after I worked there about a year, a guy walks up to me one night and said, uh, Joe asked me to preach this tonight at the end of the movie and I don't have anything. You do it. And I said, no, he asked you. Holy Ghost came on me. I knew that God, I knew 
but one of us is God and one of us is not. I'm not God. If he's not big enough to do his job, we don't need to be serving him. If you're fighting, you're, you're trying to make something happen. So the guy comes up and I said, he said, he said, Morgan, help me. I said, no. He said, at least pray. I said, I'll pray. He walks up and says, Morgan, pray. I started praying. He said, and he ran. And he ran. He says, Morgan has something to say. And ran, he ran and left me in the field with all these sinners. And I got up and I preached the word. I preached John 3, 16. Holy Ghost fell in that field. People were getting born again. I ran through the field and everybody I touched started speaking in tongues. I was just, I mean, the power of God hit that field. And when I turned around and came back, somebody said, my God, you can preach. How come you never told us? I said, how come you never asked? They turned the whole ministry over to me. Until I went to Laganov. Now, where's Melanie Hayward? She's in first service. When I was in Laganov, the Lord said, when you get back, that church is going to ask you to pastor it. Now, all of you people, Word of Lifers, let me tell you what really happened. The Word of Life church was, was bringing in people to speak, to be the next pastor. I went to the board, Bill Leggett, Marshall. Who else was on that? I don't know. And I said, I'm not a pastor and I'm not yours. Don't ask me. Now, why did I do that? If I'm going to do this, God has got to be big enough. I, don't, if I, I refuse to get anxious or fight for anything. I'm not going to do it. So they looked at me and said, we agree, you're not the pastor. They said, but would you do one thing? I said, what is that? While we're looking, if we have an open Sunday, we have no one, would you come speak? We'll give you $50. Well, I was working on some of my pilot's license. I said, sure I would, because you could fly an airplane back then for one hour. I think it was like eight. Uh, 30, 30, $28 for the plane and $18 or something like that. So 50 bucks would get you an hour and one or two in an airplane. I said, yep, yeah, I'll, do, I'll do it for 50, for $50. You didn't know I was a hireling, did you? <laughs> so they'd call me and say, we don't have anybody Sunday. I'd come preach. Next Sunday, they'd have somebody else. Well, I started noticing that the Sundays got more and more and more. And I went to Marshall one day and I said, Marshall, have you found anybody? He said, no, not yet. We're still looking. I remember asking him a year before he died. I said, Marshall, have you found anybody? He said, no, we're still looking. And then he goes to heaven and leaves me here in this church. What I'm trying to tell you is there's no reason for the war. Until you fix the war in you, you you're not going to have a life. You got to do something with your head. You got to do something with your thinking. You, you need to fix your thinking. 
Number one, I don't care what's going on in your life. You've got to fix your brain. You got to do something with your head. I don't care what's happening until you have fixed your soul. Forget everything else. You get your thinking straight. As a man thinks, so is he. Where the mind goes, the man follows. Everything that is going to happen in your life good is because you're going to change your mind and renew your mind to the word of God and start thinking God thoughts instead of carnal thoughts and selfish thoughts. It doesn't matter about the world. You fix you. When when you're on the airplane and the mask drops, put it on you first. Well, that's good preaching. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When there's peace inside, when there's peace inside, it doesn't matter. Now you can start working on the world around you. Woo, Josh Brown, that's good. Just go ahead and say, that's good. That's good preaching. That's good. You can preach this in the youth and tell them that God showed it to you and you don't have to give me credit. <laughs> Finally, my brother, whatever's true, whoa, not everything's true. Some things are just flat out lies. I told you about them earlier. I, listen, I, I, I'm going to say something. I love every one of y'all. How much guts do you think it takes from me to look at you and tell you that you're wrong? You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You're never going to get true till somebody looks at you and tells you some truth. And you might not like it, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm the only guy you've met today that actually cares about your soul. Amen? Whatever's true, whatever's noble, not everything's noble, whatever's just or righteous, whatever's pure. You know, not every thought that comes in your head is pure. Do y'all know Jesus was tempted to kill himself? Yep. What? Well, what do you think happened in the desert when Satan says jump off the cliff? There's no demon sitting on a rock in red pajamas. It's a thought that hit his soul. Why don't you just go ahead and end it? Have you ever given, I mean, I, I, one, one year I was, I, I was so tired of fighting with, with sickness and disease. I don't know whether y'all have ever fought, but I have. I mean, I've fought with it. And so I decided to go in the bedroom and lay down and just pray to go home and be with Jesus. And somehow or another, the Holy Ghost told on me and told Lisa. <laughs> old tattletale. And she walks in the bedroom and goes, what are you praying about? And I said, who, what, what, what do you mean? One of them? No, you ain't dying. You ain't dying. You ain't dying on me. You, you get off that in Jesus' name. And she was in there rebuking me because I'm having a pity party. Now, I know none of y'all ever. See, y'all thought I got my sermons from Josh Brown. I get them from my own life. I, you know how I preach on pity? Because I had some parties. It's my party and I cry if I wanna. You would cry too if it happened to you. Dun, 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 dun. 
If you've never heard that, you're a young puppy. How many of you old people, you know exactly what I'm saying? Hey, man, man, it's my party. I have my pity party, and Lisa comes in there and going to mess up my pity party. Let me tell you something. Listen, the devil will talk to you. You got to talk back. You just can't let that stuff, you just, listen, I'm getting, you just can't let trash, you stay there all day and you sitting there thinking bad stuff all day. You got to stop and talk to it and it's okay. Put a mouthpiece in, they'll think you're on the phone and you just ride down the road going, shut up, Daryl, you ain't thinking about that. You're going to think on good things right now. You're going to think about the goodness of God. You're going to think about the love of God. Shut that mess up right now. Kenneth Hagin said, you can't stop a bird from from flying over your head, but you can sure stop him from building a nest in your hair. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. (laughs) Say, get your head straight. All right, let's go, let's go. Whatever's Whatever's lovely... Not talking about your next door neighbor's wife. Whatever's of good report. (laughs) If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, think on these things. And whatever you've learned and received, the God of what? Peace. Peace. Peace is an inside job, guys. Boy, I'm, listen, I I started this whole little mini series right here that I'm doing. All because I, I talk to young people whose lives are falling apart and they think it's something other than them. Wow. All right, now I'm going to talk about one more side of this and you're going to love it. So just poke to your neighbor and say, I think it's fixing to get good. Have you ever failed? A cop heard this story a while ago, and he heard, now he's going to get to hear it twice. Have you ever failed? The next person that you get in an argument with is you. Now, don't, ever, don't answer me. How many of y'all have ever done something and you said this to yourself? Stupid. Why are you, why are you talking bad to yourself? All right, here's the next one. Have you ever done something and you know it was stupid and you walked around for days going, I wish I hadn't have done that. How about months? How about a year later? You're still going, oh, that was a, uh, I'm not going to tell you the time that I lost a quarter of a million dollars. That ain't easy to get over. Take me all my life to earn it and lose it in a year. Stupid. Boy, I, 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 got, I got on to me. I've, I've done things that I look back and go, and I'm thinking, is there, a, is there, I want it, what's that car, Back to the Future? I want one. DeLorean. I want a DeLorean. I want to go back and do something over again. Have y'all ever wished you could go back? If I could go back, I would not do some stuff. There's only eight of us in this room agreeing, but that's fine. Now, what I'm going to tell you now will set you free. Failure is the seedbed of your future success. You can't, you cannot 
succeed without failure. Failure is not final, it's not fatal, and it's not fraternal. What that means, it doesn't define you. You're not a failure because you fail at something. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This right here helped me so much. I bought this book for everybody, all my kids. Che got one, Ashley got one, Lisa got one. It's called Failing Forward by John Maxwell. I'm going to tell you, when I found out that failure was a part of life, well, that was exciting because there were things I didn't do because of a fear of failure. See, if you don't do anything, you can't screw up. But you are screwed up. So when you do things wrong, the next person you've got to make peace with is yourself and go, hey, get over it. That's a part of life. Boy, okay, I'm a, surely I'll come over there and preach to you in a minute, sweetheart. Okay, now I'm going to read a story that this story literally changed my whole life and my thinking. Tell them I'll talk to them after service. <laughs> Or call me Tuesday. <laughs> On August the 6th, 1999, a Major League Baseball player stepped up to the plate in Montreal and made another out. 5,113th of his professional career. Struck out 5,113 times. That's a lot of trips to the batter box without a hit. If a player made all those outs consecutively, he averaged four bats per game. It'll be eight seasons, 1,278 games straight without ever even making it to first base. But do you think that discouraged him? No. Did he think he had failed in himself and his team? No. You see, earlier in the same game, the first plate in his first plate appearance, that player had reached a milestone that only 21 other people in the history of baseball have ever achieved. He made his 3,000th hit. That player was Tony Gwynn of the San Pedro Padres, San Diego Padres. Find me a box because I got a failure going on in my nose. <laughs> you know, it doesn't embarrass me to blow my nose in front of you. Just life, you know. During the game, Tony got on base with hits four times in five. That's not the norm for him. Usually, he fails to get two hits, to get a hit, every two times out of three. That means he strikes out twice every time he gets on the base. These results may not sound encouraging, but if you know baseball, you recognize that Tony's ability to succeed consistently only one time in three has made him the greatest hitter in his generation. Tony recognizes that in order to get hits, he's going to make a lot of outs. All right, now I'm saying this because so often whenever you and I do something wrong, Satan comes along gets on your shoulder and starts talking to you about your failures. Oh my God, I can't believe you're going to stand up and do that one more time. Everybody here is going to watch you. 
And won't you be embarrassed? I'm going to tell you something about pastoring a church. There are Sundays I hit the ball out. There are Sundays when I strike out. There are some Sundays that people that have been here for years get up and walk out the door and never come back. And probably rightly so. Because they don't judge me by 51 great Sundays. They judge me by the one. And so some of y'all, see you later. Because you didn't like my announcement on the event. I found out in life, the reason I've been successful is I have not been afraid to fail. I don't define myself by the things I don't do right. I'm going to say this to y'all. I've screwed up more than y'all have. That's why I'm the pastor. Because I know what not to do now. I've learned a thousand ways not to do this. I'm going to write a book one day, How Not to Pastor. (laughs) How many of y'all have children? How many of you learned how to Raise children by raising children. And you were like, oh, that didn't work. And and you know what's sad is the first one is the experiment. By the time you get five, I was telling Karen the other day, we're going to pray for Karen. She needs four or five or six or seven more kids. She hates me saying this. She just shaking her head. This may be her last Sunday here. I never know. But they just now figured out what they're doing with Matthew. This next kid's got it made. The third one, nothing to it. By the time she has five, it's a walk in the park. <laughs> She's over here going like just, just bless her. The next person you're going to have to quit fighting with is yourself. Every one of us in this room have messed up. And I'm going to tell you, it's tough when you sit back and you watch somebody who's beating themselves up for their mistakes. I've made them. You've made them. We'll get over it. Yesterday's gone. Get it under the blood. Get up and go. You know, the bad thing about pastoring is when I screw up, I get to do it in front of everybody. And there are days when I'm on the way home with Lisa, and I'll look at her and I'll say, don't say anything. I already know I messed up. Be quiet. She's over there going. (laughs) Amen. Listen, if you want your better life, I think there's a scripture here. Oh, I'm out of time, but it's okay. Keep They gave you an extra hour of sleep because they knew I was going to preach long. (laughs) Go to Romans 12.1 and then 12.2 and then we'll go to another one real quick. Do you all understand the point? All I'm doing is making one point. I'm just making one. I'm only making one very simple point. Um, Every one of us want a better life. Every one of us want things to change. Yes, we do. I, I do. I want a better life. I, I want my senior years to be the best years of my life, and I want things to go better. I want to be healthier. I want to be, but, but I've, learned, I've learned over time that unless I'm willing to do the 
to get my head straight, it's not going to happen. I got to work on me. I got to work on this first. Romans 12, 2 says this. Do, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Go to 2 Corinthians 10, and we'll close. Now, if you're a young person here today, I'm going to tell you something. Every older person in this church will agree with me. I would give anything to put my brain in your head. How many of you older people know exactly what I just said? Could we, could we save them trouble? Oh, baby. The stuff we've done. It's hard for you to imagine that if you could, you could just think different. Now, I want you to think about what I'm going to say right now. Just what if you could put your brain in someone else's head and make them smarter? Would that be cool? You know, your teenagers would walk in there and go, oh, my God, my room is a mess. (laughs) And we we need to vacuum the floors here and we need to clean up. And, And you're like, how many of you think God wants to put his brain in your head yeah he does that's why he gave you the Holy Spirit that's why he gave you a Bible if you'd read it you'd you'd start thinking like God and you wouldn't act so stupid all of us all of us I'm not condemning you so I'm going to show you something and then we're going to close 2 Corinthians 5, 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not warring according to our flesh. We think we are. The weapons of our warfare, they're not physical. They're mighty in God to pull down strongholds. I'm not talking about demons in the air. Casting down arguments. Where's the argument going on? Where's the argument happening? It's in your head. Y'all didn't get, we're not leaving. We're not leaving until y'all get a hookup. Where's the argument happening? In your head. The war, there's a war. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That means you have a thought and you go, No, 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 no. You're not controlling my head anymore. No, I'm not thinking like that anymore. I used to think like that, but I don't think like that anymore. Now, something happens to you when you get born again, pick up a Bible. God starts, see, it's not that your spirit, your spirit's saved, but until your soul is saved, you're not gonna have a better life. Yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil, for he restores my soul. He's got to get, in order for you to have a better life, you got to have your soul restored. And when you do, your days ahead are going to be awesome, guys. So much God can do when you start thinking right. Now, 
I don't know how many of y'all in here right now were thinking with me and you're like, my God, I got some stuff I got to get out of my head. I did on the way to church. I'm riding down the road coming here and I went, you're about to preach on your thoughts. Get your head straight. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. I'm, none of us exempt from this. I'm constantly looking at me going, get it straight, get it straight. You know, don't think, don't even think that thought. Amen. Come on, y'all. Are y'all ready to pray? Heavenly Father, what a wonderful day. What a great time it's been. And in this room right now, I'm praying over every person. These people are your sons and daughters, my family. And yet, we walked in here, many of us probably dealing with circumstances we didn't know what to do with. And now we do. It's not that it's okay. It's just it's time to put the mask on us first. It's time to deal with our own thought life first. And I pray that when we walk out of here today, that, that people will walk out and go, I got my answer. I, I got it. Father, you and I are a majority. I'm going to start today and start working on my thought life. Because where my thought goes is where my life is going to go. And I give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. There's a scripture I didn't read in Proverbs. It says, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the, is, is the abundance of life. Out of your future is what you're allowing to happen inside of you. Not what's happening around you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.